listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. And today, the book has a very controversial title, so this will be very interesting. The title is The Problem with Women, dot, 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 is men. <laughs> so, in case you're worried that this is a male bashing show, in case you're a male listening, let me just say that I'm neutral. I'm like Switzerland. <laughs> I'm neither for nor against men or women. So, don't assume I'm simply uh, on the women's side because I'm a woman. Uh, I'm uh, all for equality and for teaching men and women how to get along in the world and in dating. So there will be no no, um, no male bashing. All right. So let me bring my guest on. It is Charles J. Orlando. Hey, Charles. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. How are you? Wonderful. Are you on a speakerphone? No, I'm not. Wow. It sounds like it. Okay. Uh, these phones today. So as I was saying, the title of the book is The Problem with Women is Men. The website is theproblemismen.com. So uh, let me give a little bio here. Charles J. Orlando is an author, speaker, and relationship expert. He's an active member of American Mensa. So I'll, have to, I'll try to keep up with you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> and he's regularly tapped by radio and print publications, including Self, Men's Health, Shape and the Reporter. His goal is to assist women in regaining their sanity and self-esteem and empower men in evolving beyond their primal instincts. So I understand you've received a lot of hate mail because of the book. Are you the most hated man in America? Uh, well, if, if I'm making an impact, I would, I would venture that yes. I don't know if that's my, my goal or, to, or ulterior motive, but um, I, I do get a lot of hate mail. There's a, there's a misconception that the book is a complete man bash, and uh, until you pick it up, you won't realize that it's not. Uh, it, it's not a man bash at all. What we're talking about here is accountability. And books of this type are usually broken up into a couple of different kind of genres. There's, uh, there's books written by women for women uh, that kind of give some dating tips and quips of, of how to make yourself more presentable to a man, how to change yourself in order to uh, be, become a better woman so that he'll understand you better, how men are interpreted, etc. But it's all about how women need to change. Uh, the others are about kind of dating tips, how to meet someone, etc. Mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, my book is, puts a lot of the onus on men directly uh, for bringing a lot of their primal instincts and challenges to relationships today, and how women don't need to alter who they are or what they want 
uh, to placate the man in their life, but rather that men with some of their challenges need to fix themselves before they enter a long-term relationship. So, yeah, it makes me hated. <laughs> I, put, I put accountability on men, you know? So um, so I have to ask you, uh, so you're in Mensa. What is your IQ? Uh, oh, God, do we really have to measure? Um, it's it's ab- above 145, if that helps. Wow. Not that I know what that means, but... <laughs> hey, well, you know, I mean, that a nickel will get me on the subway. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Well, I'm 21, just since we're exchanging IQs here. Um, so anyways yeah you know what you were talking about women improving themselves because you know I had an epiphany a few weeks ago uh, because I know and I'm sure you know of a lot of women these days who are uh, beautiful intelligent great careers and yet they cannot find a guy and no doubt and I thought you know what I think is happening is that women they're working so much in themselves and they're interested in uh, uh, becoming evolved in all facets of their lives and yet men Aren't they aren't they aren't keeping up with the women and so there's all these great women walking around and there's they can't find men who are close to them or their equals and they refuse to settle and so they end up being alone. No doubt. Well, you, I mean, you can take uh, two two very powerful, famous women in their own right. One being Drew Barrymore, one being Alyssa Milano. Uh, neither can maintain a relationship. Uh, even somebody as as reality TV centric as Kim Kardashian or Chloe, they can't keep a guy either. But to your point, when, when you have women who are entering college nearly two to one over men today uh, and who are actively looking to improving themselves on a constant basis and men are very, very set on I'm just kind of who I am, take me as I am or forget it, uh, it, it you have a complete and total fundamental disconnect. So unless men are going to bring their A-game not only to when they introduce themselves to a woman, but throughout the entire relationship and raise the bar the entire time, they're going to keep having these challenges, uh, both men and women. Yeah, so you talked about uh, an evolved man in your book. So then what is your definition of an evolved man? Well, an evolved man is more than just somebody who might star on something like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. You know, I Uh think that... That you, you can have a package that's great, you know. You have a wrapper around around something, and, and you've got the right shoes and the right uh, and the right wardrobe and the right hair, etc. But packaging only goes so far. So what we're really talking about, at least I'm talking about, is men that are on a constant hunt to improve themselves. These are men who understand that that at our at our primal levels, women are the caretakers and the nurturers, and men are the protectors and providers. Yes, we can acknowledge that, and then push it to the side. Uh, because in a modern-day relationship, there's much more to that. Uh, you need to be the best of what the alpha male would provide, which is that protecting, providing, uh, hunting, hunting, gathering, etc. But you also have to encompass what's termed as a beta male. These are the these are the wise men of the tribe later in life. These are the uh, the guys that everybody goes to for advice, and they're they're more hands-off than the alphas. Uh, but if you can meet that in the middle someplace. Uh, that's what I've termed as an evolved man. Mm. Okay, so you identify four core flaws that men have, and what are these flaws? Well, so these were these were established. So first, firstly, I'm a man. All right, so I, I recognize really? that that we come very <laughs> with our own set of continuous challenges. And and truth be told, is if you read my book and you go to my fan page or. You hear me here, there's a lot of women who are like, oh, yeah, you know, he's the perfect guy. Yeah, yeah. 
spend five minutes with my wife and she's <laughs> going to tell you that I'm a total pain in the ass, okay? Oh, uh-huh. So we'll just be really honest. Anyway, uh, the, uh, the, the flaws were kind of established as part of a trend line through my research for the book and has been validated by the thousands of women I've spoken to since. So to, to discover these, these things, I, I spoke to 1,200 women, 400 men to write the book over four years uh, to establish these kind of challenges in long-term relationships and marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the four flaws and the order of importance that these women across all socioeconomic backgrounds and, uh, and, and, all, and, and all walks of life, uh, personal and professional, uh, the first was uber-dominance, uh, which is really about control. Uh, control of, of all things within their immediate and extended domain is how men can not only measure themselves, but measure each other. Uh, it's, it, we thrill at it at every boxing match we watch, every, every car we pass on the freeway is a slight control victory, and that, that translates into personal relationships as well. Uh, the second would be fidelity. Uh, yes, primal instincts, we need to sire children and perpetuate our bloodline, make sure that we find a woman who has large birthing hips so that we can have strong, virile children, it's just blah, 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 I get it. Mm-hmm. But um, there's no rule that says in a modern-day relationship that men need to scatter their seed in as many fields as possible. So if, if you are going to enter into a long-term relationship, fidelity is, was the second one that women tagged as, as their challenge. Uh, the third would be etiquette, which kind of breaks down into uh, two fundamental areas, the first being what would be considered modern-day chivalry, uh, and not just being chivalrous with women, but with men as well. We're just talking about treating people the way they ought to be treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other side of that is uh, what would be uh, considered just everyday general manners and, civili- and civility. Uh, bodily functions belong in the bathroom, keys are Q-tips, you know, basic, basic stuff right. that a lot of men miss the boat on. Yes. Uh, and the fourth is emotional availability. It's not enough just to bring home bacon and fry it up. You need to be able to listen more than you speak, uh, be able to be accepting of another's view rather than understanding how to solve a problem just because she brings you one doesn't mean that you need to just instantly solve it for and move on. There's a lot of emotional availability that men are missing today. So it's interesting that you mentioned chivalry because actually just this week I asked on my Facebook page, the guys, I said, do you believe in chivalry? And one guy was very honest and he said, well, it's not so much that we, whether we believe in it or not, but we know that women require it and so we do it, otherwise we're not going to get the woman. Well, in, in a lot of ways, yes. And I think men sometimes get confused. Uh, with the women that you kind of, as women find and maintain their own empowerment, uh, and which has been coming since World War II, and we can talk about the history lessons of that uh, either now or some later date. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think men are just basically confused. Do I still pull out a chair for her? She wants to pay half when we go out. I don't know. But well, how do I do this? And the truth is, is that women are looking to be treated as women, as ladies, but you have to be able to know how to ride the line. Uh, you're not going to be taking care of them. You're going to be taking care of each other. But you still want to treat them as a lady. Be a gentleman. Right. Now, how chivalry about- comes with, well, chivalry comes with a lot of, uh, it comes very tainted uh, where the little woman needs to be rescued, and that's not what I'm referring to when I talk about modern-day chivalry. Right. Well, sometimes if we're wearing four-inch heels, we do need to be rescued. <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody who wears foreign shields needs to be rescued. Yeah, there are certain shoes and outfits that a woman can only wear when she's with a man, because otherwise it's going to spell trouble. 
well, not with me at, at five five. I'm hoping that nobody Uh-oh. wears four inch heels unless they're <laughs> like four foot six. Okay, so wow. Um, now, in terms of um, oh yes, about paying. So then, how? She, let's say the woman doesn't want to pay, and a lot of guys are expecting these days for the one to to pay half the time. And let's say she's only one to pay to pay once in a while. Then how should that be handled? Well, the golden rule is that they he he or she who does the asking should be the one who pays. As a gentleman, I would definitely want to pay all, if not if not uh, half of what had happened, regardless of who asked. But uh, etiquette today's etiquette demands that whoever does the asking does the paying. Okay. Then, then what about I've had guys who have said, you know, we've gone on a couple of dates, and then they say to me, "So where are you taking me now?" What, if the guys will say that to you if you're taking them no, on a date. Yeah, they're saying, "So where are you taking me next?" Like, like, you know, like I'm responsible for the next date. Oh, I see. So they're they're measuring give give and take. Well, I think that's in my opinion that's a that's a red flag anyway. Um, that's a, a very measured. If if I do for you, then you will do for me. And there's a bunch of uh, expectations there. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm of the opinion, and maybe I'm a little too old school. I don't know, but I'm of the opinion that courting is done by men chasing, and uh, you know, romance usually equals. You know, I have to I have to have her. I have to own her. But it, it should be something like I'm very interested in her, and I'd like her to be a part of what I'm bringing already. So. I, I think that men, I, I think there's just a lot of disconnect there for men who expect mm. uh, a complete 50-50 up front. Go chase them. What are you afraid of? You know, what are you, what are you afraid of? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so moving on to control, you say men are always trying to control women. So what does that look like and why is that? Well, men are always trying to control everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lot of men, when they when they enter the job, uh, they, they they build a career and they get a job, and they move up through the chain. Uh, they they definitely understand how control and power works. They try to sometimes translate that at, at home, uh, but in it doesn't necessarily work that way. I I talk in my book about kind of passing the baton of power back and forth, uh, regardless of who makes the money, etc. It's really about uh, solid communication and listening. And when I say communication, people get confused. They think that they have to be talking in order to communicate. When, in truth, you have to be actively listening to communicate. So there's a there's a big difference there. But uh, when it when it comes to control itself, men feel that because they have all the answers and we are we are problem solvers primarily by nature. Uh, we need to control all of that and make sure that she does it our way like we're doing at work, like we're doing with the, re- the rest of our lives. And, and it doesn't work that way in a, in a relationship that's based on equality. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the book, you know, you talk about, you say, you know, men get away with murder and still keep the women in their lives. So why do you think these women are putting up with this? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, and that's, part of what I go into in chapter two, which is men can only get away with what women are going to allow them to get away with in truth, unless he's, uh, uh, unless he's physically intimidating a woman, which is a whole different discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless there's some, some physical intimidation or some physical abuse, uh, women are, are constantly chasing the, what he used to bring uh, during dating, what he promised he would do. If he just did this, or if I just did this, it would be better. So they, women end up owning a lot more of the relationship than they should. Uh, and as they own more, men drop back even further. 
and, and round and round we go. And I'm talking very, uh, very much so about most men or some men. So if there's guys listening to this call saying, no, that's ridiculous, I'm not like that, all right, well, then I'm not talking about you, mm-hmm. and please save your email. I have more than uh, enough to go through. <laughs> I bet. Uh, <laughs> um, but, no, when, when it comes to how, women, how men get away with so much, it's, it's really because women allow it. And I state very clearly, stop being a victim. Uh, yes, men are, are responsible for the problems that they bring into relationships, but the more women counter that and, and try to solve what's missing in the relationship today, the more men are going to drop back. They can only get away with what you let them get away with. Don't settle for second best. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, a prime example of this is the sex. You know, in the 50s and before that, when women required marriage for sex, guess what? Hey, men proposed <laughs> early, <laughs> early and quickly. And now that they don't, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to get married. Right. Well, and they don't have to. And the truth is, I, I'm not a, if you read my book, I'm not an advocate that everybody should get married or everybody should get into a relationship. There's plenty of people who have... Uh, original agreements uh, based on a relationship that's open. There's open marriages. There's a million things. And if it works for both people, then great. Like, don't don't get married. That's fine. But if you're going to commit to someone on some level, we're just talking about having the honor of, of following through on all of that. But it's interesting that you bring up the, the sex piece of that. Uh, if you want to discover who really has the control over what's going on, I would dare uh, any woman to hold out for a month just to see what would happen right um <laughs> so men are men are very primally driven as we've discussed so far in this conversation and y- you want to institute change stop settling stop settling i wrote a huge article about uh oral sex that had that kind of connotation to it a while back now when you say hold up for a month do you mean like when you first meet someone or if you're in a relationship uh if you want to have an experiment if you're in a relationship, try it. You don't owe him sex, just like he doesn't owe you. I mean, it's your body. It's your decision. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, you want to try an experiment? Decide not to be in the mood for a month. Uh, he'll think you're cheating instantly. Instantly. Give it, give it three days. He'll think you're cheating. Wow. And, and what else will he think? This is very interesting to me. <laughs> this is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you're assuming I'm going to be able to have a male friend again in my life or yeah. walk out of my house and not sweat before I turn on my car. Um, <laughs> uh, no, men are, men are very, despite their false bravado of all the control that they, that they have and, and all the dominance that they exude, the truth is that many men are very insecure. Uh, which is why they compensate, as alpha males tend to do, with bringing all this all this false strength to the front. Because as soon as you get past all that false strength, you end up with a guy who, if if a, a woman, if you're in a relationship, here's an example. If you're in a relationship for let's say five years, there's a stab, uh, there's a pattern that's established thus far, right? Mm-hmm. If she wakes up one day and says, you know, I'm going to go take a class at a local college, just because I feel like it at night. Mm-hmm. The class is two hours long, and it's two days a week. And if she forgets to, to tell him, <laughs> or if it becomes longer than this flight of fancy where it's this little cute hobby or something, a lot of men, not all, but a lot of men will assume that she's cheating on him because it's out of pattern. Uh, and it, it, that's, the, that's the level of insecurity that you're, that you're talking about with, with a lot of men. So is that projection then? Because when men are cheating, they're out of pattern, and that's why women catch them, because we watch these things. 
Well, men are men don't know how to cheat very right. well. Right. They they I, I'm of the opinion. Well, all right. So there, there's three different types of cheating. Um, I, I wrote a, an article about this a while back as well. There's uh, flings, affairs, and then there's online infidelity. So flings are those short little things like opportunity made a good person bad. You know, he went to he went to Las Vegas and he got trashed with his friends and he woke up the next morning next to a stripper and he went, oh my god, you know what did I do? Mm-hmm. That's that does it count? Of course, but it, it's different than something that's much longer term. So you end up with affairs, and those are the people who have invested not only physically but emotionally, uh, and those are people that are looking to get caught uh, long term because they keep raising the bar. This is an established relationship away from the primary relationship, and when men do it, they're very sloppy. Uh, they 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 kind of push the envelope and they. They leave a trail of breadcrumbs for somebody to find. They're looking to get caught because they either lack the courage or wherewithal to get out of their relationship in the first place. Mm-hmm. So um, online infidelity is a separate thing, which I'm happy to talk about if you like. No. <laughs> no. We don't, no, we can skip that online infidelity. And that, what, was the, uh, what was the third infidelity? No, that was it, online. Oh, oh okay. Um, it's a, I missed one. It's, it's a pure, pure emotional investment. Uh, so it's... it's uh, it's a lot more damaging to a relationship than something that's purely physical because you've shared pieces of yourself and you've never touched them or seen them or slept right. with them or anything. Right. That's even so. worse. Um, okay, but hold it. Back to the no sex for a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll drag you all over the place, so you got to keep me in line here. Yeah, exactly. That, don't worry. <laughs> You're not going to control me. <laughs> I'm not trying to. <laughs> Uh, that's probably why I've never been married, because no one can control me, and men want control. So, um, just kidding. Okay, so well, not all men. There are plenty okay, of really right. good men Can't out there. Can't say all men. Most, a lot. Um, now, what else happens if 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 the woman holds out for a month? Please tell me more. Um, well, I've I've never known anybody who's actually done it, but uh, I mean, things. What 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 people don't necessarily understand is that there's things that that. Oh, Men are just, they, they don't understand what it is, and, and I don't either, um, to, to be a woman. You know, I, I, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. But you read, you read a variety of books. Uh, there's a wonderful book uh, called The, Freemale, the Female Brain, um, who, and the author is escaping me right now, but it, it breaks down uh, where in a, in a woman's life and time of month and time of day, etc., how chemicals are released and how she changes her, her attitude. Um, due to all of that, but what what men don't. So aside from all that and the science of it, men just don't. They forget that that women were women first, and they were wives and mothers second. Um, and as a relationship progresses, and there's children, and there's changing dynamics in the household, you know, men men forget that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, you end up with a woman who's not necessarily in the mood after she's been covered in baby vomit and dirty diapers all day when he gets home from work and has had a, uh, and has had a, a half an hour, 45 minutes to kind of decompress during his commute home. Let's just put a scenario out there. Um, so what, what happens when she holds out? A, a variety of things. Sometimes it's a purposeful holdout and it's control. Um, sometimes it's she's just not in the mood and, and he's pissed. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't be. Life kind of dictates what happens in, in your mental state. So there's, there's actors that, that are so concentrating on, on the production that they're in that, they don't, uh, that they're not in the mood because their effort and their, 
their mental state is focused on the task at hand, and sex isn't one of those things. So back to your original question of what would happen, it'd be an interesting experiment to see what would happen. Right, exactly. Okay, Uh, now you talk about intermittent gratification. What is that, and how does it affect relationships? Intermittent gratification. So men are masters at bringing a game, and I'll, I'll have to reiterate in case we have new listeners coming in at this point. Okay. Um, I'm talking about some men, most men. If you're not one of them, great and good for you. Um, but men are masters at bringing a, a full A game to the beginning of a relationship, and then things start to change and they start to wane. Now, all relationships you know, go through peaks and valleys, to be sure. Um, but the control dynamics I'm talking about here specifically uh, are around men who don't put into their relationship emotionally anymore. And she is constantly after the same love that, that she had at the very beginning. And he waits till the last possible second and then says, I'm really sorry. Here's a dozen roses. Let me take you out to dinner. And she's saved. And they do all of that. And within a short amount of time, it's right back to the original story. Uh, now, whenever I've talked about this, there's a ton of women that nod their heads when I've given seminars on this. They nod, they're like, oh my God, you know, that was my last boyfriend. That was the guy that I dated in college. You know, there's, you, you can see the, 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 the dynam- dynamics very obviously uh, when you start revisiting people that you're either with now or in the past. But that's intermittent gratification. He holds out until the last second to where he, you know, plugs the hole in the ship and then the plug comes back out again later and he'll deal with it later when it becomes a problem. Um, so it, here's, my qu- here's my question. How does he know when the last possible second is? Uh, well, there's... <laughs> I don't think he knows for sure, but there's this special ring in a person's voice, not necessarily only a woman, but in a person's voice when they've hit their times up uh, and it rings a little bit differently than somebody who's complaining or or unhappy uh-huh. you know you can hear it where it's like and i'm out i'm out of here it's over mm. and you start putting it back together uh slowly so but there's a lot of men who have this down uh, either consciously or subconsciously to a science and they put in just enough to keep her from bitching uh and it, it doesn't the relationship doesn't go anyplace he, he feeds her ego very quickly with something uh, very meaningless or mundane because it's not going to be something that's lasting. It's something that's quick and, and made to just shut her up. Yeah, I think like when a woman stops complaining, like it, it, she's given up. Because I remember one time I was dating someone and he broke a date. The first time he did it, I was like, what? And then the third time he did it, I was like, okay, no problem. And I was out. Mm-hmm. So right. that's what men have to worry right. about. If she stops complaining, then he's in trouble. Uh, I think so. Um, it, it cha- that's what I'm saying. It, it, it changes slightly. You get somebody who, who's complaining about the laundry that you leave on the bathroom floor. You know, wipe off the sink. How many times have I had to tell you this? Like, there's stuff that happens that men do that piss women off. But uh, when it becomes something more serious, like we never spend any time together, he's like, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. until it's, all right, so I get it, and now I'm done. Uh, and then he'll start to fix things. The, the difference, though, is that uh, what men don't necessarily realize is that men 
majority of men fall slowly out of love over time, mm-hmm. whereas women wake up one day and they, and they say, oh my God, <laughs> it's so over. I don't even know what I'm doing here anymore. Uh, and it's done. So if, if men let it cross over to that place, then it's, it's over no matter what they do. Yeah, I mean, I think for women, it's also slowly over time too, but the difference with them is once they've made up their mind that they're gone, they're gone. Right, precisely. Men let it drift. Right. They let it drift until somebody else makes the decision. Yeah, they're willing to go back and forth because for some reason, like most of the guys I've gone out with, they always end up calling me even years later, and I'm like, what is? What are they thinking? <laughs> well, those are those are boomerang men. Um, <laughs> there's an article that's sitting on my Facebook fan page uh, today. Uh, if you want to go check it okay. out, that's at uh, Facebook.com/slash/theproblemismen. Uh, is a a lot of people there. I'll have to bring it up as we're, as we're talking on the phone. But um, but what it really talks about is the reason that that men come back to relationships like you're just describing. Why is uh, that? And there's there's a, well there's a couple of reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, I would I would invite as many re- as many listeners as as uh, are listening to go check it out. I'm going to pull it up too. I know because you um, need more fans since you only have sixty five thousand. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, and, and that, the truth of that is that it's just as shocking to me as it is to you. Um, <laughs> Trust me, I'm just shocking. putting up. <laughs> no, I'm just putting up content, you know, and this has happened with zero marketing budget. Damn. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't promoted the the fan page at all, actually, uh, and that was it's just kind of taken taken a hold here. Um, so yeah, if you wanna if you wanna read a bit more about me live, please head over to Facebook.com/slash The Problem Is Men. And uh, you can get a, a sense live of of the cynicism and the the cynicism of me and and the hatred of other men against me, um, which has been interesting. Right. Um, so, what are the reasons there, Charles? Quit, quit stalling. Well, the first uh, <laughs> men usually come back uh, for epic sex. Uh, so if if the sex was great, he's never going to give it up, and he's gonna he's gonna go back. Okay. Um, the second is is really the the do over. So most men uh, they very they learn by experience. Uh, so they're experiential learners, uh, and the more mistakes they make, uh, the more they learn what to bring to their next relationship. Um, so if they feel that they've made enough mistakes with a past partner, um, but they thought there was still some kind of a connection to come back to to you, mm. then they'll be back to see if they've learned enough. Uh, the challenge though is that most of the time the original dynamics of the mm-hmm. relationship end up returning. So the do-overs usually, and I say usually, there are cases, uh, but usually not, not, a good, not a good thing to, to try to change or repeat. Uh, the third would be that he's single again. So he's on the rebound, and he busts out his black book, and he tries to figure out who uh. he can call based on the other two reasons above, you know? Okay. Uh, so he, he doesn't want to be alone. Yeah, because recently, like in a period of a month, I had like three exes calling me, and I felt like the only woman on earth. I'm like, what the hell? There's no other women. They're all coming back to me. <laughs> well, and I would bet it started with something light, like, hey, I was just thinking about you. How are you? <laughs> you know, something light. And yeah. then that's the that's the, the bait on the hook where they want to see if they get a, what? F you. I never want to talk to you again. You know, or it's a, wow, haven't heard from you in a while. What's up? And now he's got his foot in the door. So, right. you know. Exactly. Okay, so you, you mentioned being bitchy. So you talk about your definition of women being bitchy. Well, I'm just talking, you know, if, if, we were to, if we were to shift it and say, talk about men, they are 
powerful. They are respected. And if a woman's all those things, then she's a bitch. And I don't know. I've, I've talked to a lot of women, and, uh, and some of them are offended by the term. Most that I've come in contact with that have a degree of, of, uh, of confidence and self-empowerment, they don't care. And they say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty bitchy like that. I'm pretty demanding. I want what I want. And not only do I want it, but I want it the way that I want it now. Like, where is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never seen that as a negative thing. So I've, I've been, uh, I say that my wife's really bitchy, and she is. Um, and I say that with a ton of love. You know, we, we've been together for 20 years, two kids, wow. high school sweethearts. Aww. I finally got her drunk enough to marry me 12 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I think that a woman who's bitchy is really just not high maintenance, but just really high demanding. Like, mm-hmm. I want what I want out of life, you know, and, and if you're not going to come with me and help me get it, you don't have to provide it. Just stand next to me and help me get it because this is what I'm after and you should want, you know, we should have something uh, in common. You should want the best things out of life too. Let's go get it together. And if not, then you know what? I got better things to do with my days. Like, beat it. Go away. Uh, that's the kind, of, the kind of attitude and the confidence that I talk about when it's, when it's being demanding and bitchy. Uh, my version of that is this train is a rolling and either hop on or get out of the way. Right. <laughs> uh, now, uh, you were talking about, um, let's see, evolved men, you said they need someone to bump, bump up against. Is that the whole bitchy thing? I think so. Uh, my wife's a very strong lady. And, and I, I say this, by the way, as the guy who's been the sole monetary support in my house the whole time we've been together. So um, she's an abstract photographer. She's an incredible photographer, but she's a starving artist. You know, so the money that comes in is from me. But that doesn't have any bearing on the on the dynamics or the power that exists in the relationship. She's strong in her own right, and we maintain a balance of power in the house with each other, with the kids, uh, because that's the way it's supposed to be. So when when you have strong men, I'm a very strong personality, and I don't need some demure. Uh, you know, borderline slave <laughs> to mm. make sure that dinner's on the table for me when I come home and, and I need my laundry done a certain way and like all the all the stereotypic crap that's straight out of the 50s. Mm-hmm. I don't need all that. I need somebody who's going to challenge me uh, because otherwise I'm going to roll right over them. So uh, it, it's those types of men that strong women should be looking for and vice versa. Yeah. Now, you mentioned ways for women to take back control, so there's three of them. Let's go through them. The first one, my favorite, distance. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you're, you're, you're on the hot seat. Well, you're putting me on the hot seat with what the, this chapter is really all about. Uh-huh. Uh, and one of the things that I go into in, in the book is a term called man training, mm-hmm. uh, which has gotten me very <laughs> slammed over, really? over every possible media <laughs> around. <laughs> Um, and my, I guess my counterpoint to all that uh, is that if I put the word software in front of training, uh-huh. that's fine. Yes. Okay. If I put military in front of it, that's good too, or basic. Okay. But as soon as I put the word man in front of it, now I'm a man hater and mm. I'm, I'm bashing my brothers and all the other crap that goes with it. Uh, and none of that is true. Uh-huh. Uh, women are the ones who are talking about man training. Uh, when a woman breaks up with a guy or gets divorced, 
uh, she's the first one to say, I don't know if I'm ready to train another one right away. Uh, I'm going to date and take a break. That's her term, not mm, mine. Mm. So before anybody wants to, wants to bash me for that too, I'm going to say, please, please think about it before you, before you come at me with all that. Uh, anyway, so yes, uh, distance. So women who, and this, is, this section is really written for women who are rediscovering their sense of power, their sense of, of femininity, their, their, their real self-confidence and self-esteem, which has been kind of either trounced on or lost over the, over the course of a relationship. So what I start talking about is for them to kind of get into themselves um, and not... And, and not be all available mm-hmm. uh, at all times. So distance, like I brought up uh, going to taking a class someplace, uh, that's the kind of self-investment that I'm really describing. Yeah, because um, you, you, you said men don't respond well to being put off. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's, it's not going to be long before he becomes insecure and, and wants to know where her attention's going. You know, that's... That's not the way this is, this is supposed to happen. I mean, if the dynamics are something like, you know, she, let's pretend she's a stay-at-home mom and he's out working all day and she's had his dinner on the table for the past 10 years and the kid's put to bed, you know, the kind of stuff I'm talking about here is, by the way, I've, to use the example earlier, I've signed up for a class at the college, so you're going to have to be on your own for a while. And if you're not going to be home on time, then I'm going to have a sitter here. And i got to go. i got stuff to do. Mm. And... That's taking control of yourself. She's not doing anything yeah. except investing in herself. Right. So is he going to flip out? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But do it anyway, damn it. Well, yes, do it anyway because well, but do it anyway and then and then really do it. And that's where uh, step two comes in, which is assertiveness. You know, so you're going to find a guy who's defensive, who's who's a little bit on the ropes, and I would bet a lot of money that that. He's going to uh, not only flip out, but he's going to rebel uh, and make things even more difficult. He'll find reasons not to be able to be home in that in that situation. Mm-hmm. Now we're in a battle for control, mm-hmm. and the important piece here is to not back down. Um, and to I, I go in, in the book, I start talking about thought seeds of how to create that type of behavioral change. Um, so the difference between kind of bitching and nagging or taking control is very different. And you have to do it with anybody who's new to new skills, you know. Um, so the example, one of the examples I use in the book is uh, if, you're, if the dishes need to be done, uh, usually you'll have a, you know, I've been here all day. This is the woman talking. Mm-hmm. I've been here all day. I'm not a slave here. Like, go do the dishes. It's the least you can do. You've been gone. Um, And instead of that, it can be, you know what? I know we're both tired, so here's the deal. You want to wash or you want to dry? And uh, then that's that's a a choice, quote unquote, but it also creates kind of a a joint effort. So you end up with some type of, forgive me, bonding that Mm -hmm. happens between it. Um, and she's not stuck with all the work, and he's putting in his 50% instead of not. Mm. Uh, and there's a, there's a number of examples in the book like that. Right. The challenge with all of this is that uh, as, this, as the dynamics begin to change, if she lacks off, laxes off a little bit and doesn't follow through, which is step three, 
then things may regress and return back to, to the way they were. So to stay vigilant and to stay following through on everything she's established uh, is key to this whole thing. Now, truth be told, uh, she may end up losing her relationship through the course of rediscovering her own empowerment. And the disclaimer in my books clearly states that I am not responsible for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, wh- what are you really losing there? Right. If, you have, if you are with someone that is not supportive of you and is not supportive of what you want out of life, someone please tell me what you're losing by going and chasing your own self-empowerment and your own self-esteem. Exactly. Look at what you're gaining, not what you're losing. Correct. Well, you're not losing much. If they were that much of a drain and, uh, on you emotionally, I don't see what you're losing. Yeah. I just think people think that, oh, relationships are supposed to be so hard and we have to stick to it and try to get through it as best we can. <laughs> well, I think there's a point where that's true, but there, there's also a, a, a or there, that, I think that that's true, but there also comes a point where it becomes more more work than it is effort. And I've talked about this a bunch too. People say that relationships are work and, and marriage is work, and I, I disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage takes effort, to be sure, but work is that thing that you do in order to earn money to do what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. Effort is what you put into things that you care about, that you're most passionate about. So, you know, it's a, it's a slight thought shift. Uh, I don't, I don't think that marriage takes any work at all. I'm not going home going, oh, i got to go home and work on my marriage now. <laughs> like, come on. Or maybe even a, another word besides effort would be attention. Just marriage needs or relationships need attention. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Right. So, okay, and then you have this wonderful, I don't know, I call it quiz uh, for the evolved man or like you ask questions and you teach them stuff. So it's like, this is like a class for guys. <laughs> well, to some degree it is, um, and so the, the purpose of that evaluation was really kind of twofold. Uh, the first was, yeah, there's a lot of men who have said, what are women looking for in a guy? Well, I have a lot of your answers, not all, but a lot of the answers in the book of what women, the kind of, the kind of widespread experience, knowledge, and, and, uh, and everything that a, that a woman's looking for on some level. But it's also for the woman's side where you, you end up with uh, a guy who doesn't know anything about anything except who's going to be on Sunday football. Right. Uh, and you end up with nothing to talk about, no experiences to share, zero. Um, so what I've put together is kind of an evaluation of what women are looking for and what they should be. Uh, looking for in a guy as well. So it's both sides. Men can figure it out. Women can see what they should expect. Maybe we can meet in the middle somewhere. Now, you asked a question in that uh, evaluation about who talks dirtiest, and apparently the answer is women. Oh, well, that shouldn't be any surprise to you. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) I realize we're not going to air your dirty laundry on this show, but I I have no preconceived or false notions as to who, definitely, it's definitely women, hands down, uh, women talk the most, you know, you, you get a guy, if he, if he ends up having sex with a woman, he'll, he'll end up talking about how he hit it last night, and oh yeah, nice, and that's what he'll get from the rest of the guys, great, but women don't talk only about whether they did it or not, there's a lot of detail, 
So just a note for the guys who are listening, you know, it'll be everything from the way your hands move to the way your body smelled to the way your breath was to what you did before, after, all of it. During? During everything. Yeah, size, definitely size. All girlfriends know the size of their girlfriend's boyfriends. Uh, Right, right. Or husbands, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We have to let it out. And then under your recommended reading, you mentioned the book written by my male counterpart, Sun Tzu, which is The Art of War. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Uh, (laughs) I think it's it's important from a historical perspective, and obviously that is not even close to a complete list. I threw a bunch of books on there that women had talked about that I've had experience with um, that a lot of the men had said that they had read, but it's not even close to a list. Like, the main message out of that is further your knowledge, you know. Please take a look at at everything from uh, Fahrenheit 451 to um, uh, Ellie Wetzel's Night. I mean, just, you know, pick a book and, and, and learn something new. You don't have it all nailed, and that's the point, is that life is not a destination. It's the journey that you take before it stops. So don't settle for what you are today. Go chase what you are going to be tomorrow. Well said. Now, you also said that unattached, unevolved men are usually very comfortable with who they are. So then how are we supposed to expect them to change? Well, you can't control uh, men who are set in their ways. Mm-hmm. You can only, you can only uh, change yourself. Whether that's Because I've run into a lot of women who exhibit what I've deemed in the book as, as kind of stereotypic male qualities. There's a lot of women who exhibit this stuff, too. Not True. a ton. The True. majority is definitely men. But um, the truth of it is that you can't control what they do. You can only control how you act or react to it. So if there's, uh, if, if there's a man who refuses to change, uh, then that's it. It's kind of like getting someone who, who is a smoker, and they say, I promise I will quit smoking for you. I promise. They can't quit smoking for you. Right. They have to do it on their own for themselves. So if, if he's going to do it, and if he's going to change, he will. Now, you can create the environment like we were talking about with, with, some, of the, with some of the thought seeds and some of the, the, the environmental and behavioral changes. You mm-hmm. can try to encourage that change. Uh, but the truth is that he has to make a choice. And if he doesn't want to make it, there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. All right. And then at the end of the book, you have your untold secrets of successful relationships. So can you give me your top three? Oh, sure. Um, (laughs) So this was a lot of fun. I I ended up talking to uh, a lot of married couples uh, that were successful as well in their relationships. They had learned a lot. They had come through a lot of failure. Um, I think one of the number one uh, arguments that exist today uh, is what's going to be on TV. Um, so the number one thing was uh, definitely invest in a DVR so that you can at least record one and watch one uh-huh. uh, and share. Um, so that was the top. That was one of the tops as far as execution. I think the most important message that I heard over and over again was that they spent more time listening to each other than speaking. Uh, and they try to really get into the other person's shoes. So instead of advocating in their own uh, their own correctness and pontificating the answers that need to be uh, that need to be pushed forth, they were putting themselves all the way on the other side of the fence and experiencing the way the other person saw it. 
and that's really about listening, not about talking. Um, and let me see, the third yeah, you have uh, was that, I'm sorry? No, you have a lot of them, it's a long list, but I figured... Oh yeah, there's a, there's a ton, um, but it, the, the third the, was really about thoughtfulness on both sides. Um, sometimes it's flowers um, on Fridays. A lot of women don't like flowers because they die. So you find a different way to keep the same type of dating romance alive on both sides. Mm -hmm. So not just, this isn't men's job. This is on, on it, it's a collaborative effort to make sure that you end up with a relationship that's, uh, that's together. But keeping romance alive, um, and one, and one the, it ended up an article that I wrote about how date night is garbage. Um, it's all about hotel sex, not date night. Uh, what? Where date night is very well, date night is very contrived uh -huh. uh, and it's very planned. It's not spontaneous. Whereas yeah. you get a sitter and you leave the kids at home and you take off overnight, oh. you don't end up having your thoughts going to the bills that are sitting on the counter when you get home, or the kids' lunches that have to be made on Monday, or whatever. You know, you get to disappear, and and the economy's rough. So if it's a if it's a no tell motel, then then that's cool too. Like you know, you can do right. whatever you need to do. Right. Um, but find time to be adults and be thoughtful of each other was the third. Wonderful. Well, Mr. Charles, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been very nice. I very much uh, thank you for allowing me to come on. Oh, absolutely. Um. So and of course we are both going to be doing shows now on Mingle Media TV. Yes, uh, mine's been on hiatus for a little while. I've been working on my second book, which is due out right after the first of the year. Wonderful. We'll have you back on for that, I'm sure. Do you, do you have the title? Can you give it away or no? I cannot. You cannot. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Uh, <laughs> but, but I would drive everybody to my fan page. That, oh. that as soon as it's available, it'll be there. Yeah. Um, and again, that's at facebook.com slash men. Okay, great. And um, all right, and then I, I'm going to eventually have you on my uh, webisode anyway, so we'll be discussing it a bit further. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and I look forward to that. Okay, well, thanks so much for being on today. No, my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, this is probably one of the easiest interviews he's had, but I can imagine if he had an interview with a male host, the guy would not be too happy, unless, of course, he was evolved. All right, so... My website is theartoflove.net, and you can sign up for my weekly newsletter there. Of course, I have my book, Lucia's Lessons of Love, at my other site, which is lessonsoflove.net. And that is it. Thank you so much for listening. And in the meantime, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia. Right here on L.A. Talk Radio.